Hello, my name is Joshua. This is Our Foundations, and today's episode will be continuing our series on education. So we have already looked at alternatives within the system. We've looked at homeschooling and unschooling alternatives for education. And now we're going to look at further education, and this would be college alternatives as well as self-education. And so this will take us into your post-high school years and often into your adult life when you still want to learn more, you want to educate yourself, you want to improve your opportunities, all this kind of stuff. And so this comes into play. So I'll start off with just a little bit about maybe some reasons why college may not be the best option for somebody. And then I'll go into some alternatives, some different options such as the trades and government jobs and boot camp certifications, that kind of stuff. And then I'll highlight some other programs that are specifically designed for people that would rather do an alternative to a typical four-year college. And I'll go over some of those as well. And those are very interesting. So Let's go ahead and just start off with the question, why not college? Well, there's many reasons why not college, and we'll start off with money, because money is one of the most important aspects here. A lot of people can't really afford college, or even if they can, it's often not a very good value proposition overall. If you look at what you get from your college education and compare that to what you are spending to get those things, sometimes it doesn't really balance out. Often, if you look at what your potential income will be and how long it will take you to make back that money that you spent, that also may take 20, 30 years, which definitely would not really be worth it, at least by most objective standards. You also have the issue of going into debt. I have covered debt on a previous episode. You can go back and listen to that for more about debt and how that influences our society. But just overall, debt is probably just not a very good thing. We want to avoid debt as much as possible. And again, you don't always have to go into debt. Sometimes you can afford college. Sometimes you can get some scholarships. So there are definitely circumstances where some of these things don't really factor in. Another thing to look at is opportunity cost. So if you did not go to college, what would you do? You would likely get a job somewhere or take part in one of these programs or options that we'll talk about today. And for most of those, especially just going right into the workforce, you are going to be making money. So let's say you only make $25,000 a year and you do that for four years. Well, that's $100,000 that you made. And if you went to college for four years, you might spend $100,000 if you go to a better college. And so there's a $200,000 difference between where you would be at the end of four years going to college and where you would be at the end of four years in the workforce. And obviously, those variables change depending on where you go to school, what kind of job you get, that kind of stuff. But just as a rough estimate, there can be a big discrepancy there. And so what you would then look at would be how much more money are you going to make once you get your first job out of college compared to how much money you're going to make after having four years of work experience in a certain field. And you still may be able to make more money with that college degree than you can make with four years experience. And depending on your field, some value education over experience and some don't. So it really depends on what you're getting into. 
But if you make that comparison, let's say that after four years of being in the workforce, you went from making $25,000 a year to maybe $35,000 a year. And that's fairly reasonable. That's very possible. You get a promotion or two over the course of four years. You have all that experience. And so that's definitely a possibility. Well, let's say you get out of college and you graduate and you go directly into a similar field because you're going to have the same interest, whether you go to college or you go right into the workforce, you're still you and you still have certain things that you like. And so you go into that field with a degree and maybe they'll start you off at $40,000 a year or forty five or even $50,000 a year. Well, that's definitely more. So let's say you start off at $45,000 a year directly out of college. That is generally considered a pretty good entry-level job, even with a college degree. And so if you compare that, you have either the possibility of making $45,000 or the possibility of making $35,000 if you did not have that degree. Now, definitely $45,000 is more. However, you have to factor in the fact that you have already made $100,000 over the previous four years that you would not have if you went to college. So that also factors in as well. Then in addition to that, you have your schooling debt to factor in as well, because if you go to college for four years, you are going to have to pay for that. And whether you pay out of pocket or whether you get a loan and pay with debt, it doesn't really matter. It's still money that you are paying and that you owe. So let's say that you were able to go to college for four years, and let's say you only paid $50,000 for that education. Well, now you have that $50,000 that you paid out, plus the $100,000 that you missed out on by not working for four years in the workforce. So now you have a $150,000 difference that you have to make up for. So in this example, it would take you 15 years of making $10,000 more a year, which you are if you went to college, in order to make up for that $150,000 difference between those two choices in how to proceed after high school. So maybe 15 years is worth it to you. It's okay that it takes that long to break even. And then from that point onward, for the next 15 years of your career, you will be making more money than you would have otherwise. That is assuming that once you make it that far in your career, that having that degree and having that pedigree makes a difference at that point and actually has you continuing to move up in the company faster and to make more money and have higher positions open to you. So that's definitely possible. And that might be worth it for some people. And the differences are, I'm just using rough averages for incomes and first job opportunities and that kind of stuff. So the numbers will be different depending on who you are. But the point is that it's actually worth it to crunch these numbers because the payoff is not always worth it. So again, money and opportunity cost can be a big reason why some people would choose not to go to college. Now, there is more than just money when we talk about opportunity cost. Another aspect of this will be missed experience. So you are missing out on four years of experience in the field you want to work in. That's a pretty big deal. Most companies look at experience as one of the main hiring factors when they're looking at filling a position. So if you have the opportunity to have four years of experience in your field, that can put you well above many other applicants. 
So that's a pretty big deal. In addition to that, if you're working in your field, gaining experience, working for a company where you're actually doing projects and that kind of stuff, then your education will be hands-on education and it will be very applicable to your specific company and to your specific field. So that is also something that you miss out on by getting an education in college. You're not doing as much hands-on work. You're not working in the professional field and you're having to spend a lot of time doing things like gen ed classes and maybe humanities, which you're, if you're in the tech field, that doesn't really apply very well and things like that. So there are some other aspects of opportunity cost when you choose to do college over going into the workforce. Now, the other aspect would be wasted time. So there are many aspects of college, like I mentioned, with gen ed or just the fact that you're having to do all this schoolwork and homework and you don't have time to really get a job in your field. Maybe you can do an internship in the summers or maybe you can work part time, but you really can't dig into your career very much. And so that's a lot of time that you're spending in classes learning stuff that does not directly relate to your field that's time that you miss out on. So that's another opportunity cost. Now, when we move on from the money aspect and we're moving into some other aspects of why someone may choose not to go into college, one that I just briefly mentioned was the relevance of your degree and your education. So when you graduate from college, will you actually leave with the skills that companies want? So number one, like I mentioned, you're having to take classes that are not directly related to your field. And this can be good for a general education to be knowledgeable and aware of many different subjects and things like this. But in reality, it doesn't directly relate to whatever it is you want to do, at least much of your education in college. And so that's an aspect there. In addition to that, what you do learn is mostly theory. It's mostly memorize this stuff and spit it out on a test or write a paper on it and we'll grade you on it. It's not a lot of hands-on projects where you're actually doing real-world applications. And so when you graduate, are you really going to have those skills and those abilities to work on these open-ended projects and to work in a professional setting with profits and losses being of the utmost importance to what you are doing? And the answer would be maybe, like most answers in this type of thing. So maybe you will. But again, maybe you won't. If you're mainly learning book knowledge and theory, then you're going to have a lot of that background knowledge and you might be able to catch up to actual job-related requirements, but you may not graduate with the skills that employers are directly looking for. And so that's not really a very good thing if you're spending all this money and spending all this time just to get a better job, and then you graduate and you don't actually have the skills that your future employer wants. And so that's another aspect there. Moving on from that, if you don't know what you want to do, then you're basically just going to college to get some background education, to get maybe a general degree, something like that. You're trying to figure it out as you go. And it's very understandable that many people that are 18 years old or around that age don't really know what they want to do with their lives. So 
the possibilities here are either you go to college where you're spending a good bit of money, you're spending a lot of time, you're taking classes that may not be relevant to what you really want to do. These things may not be very productive. And so you could discover productively instead of wastefully. So what I mean by productively would be that maybe you enter the workforce in a field that you have some slight interest in and try it out. See if that's something you enjoy. See if the atmosphere is something you like. See if the types of things they're doing are of interest to you. And if not, then move on to somewhere else in a different field. Try that out. You're probably going to learn more about what you do and don't like if you're actually involved in the businesses that are in that field. That will give you a much more hands-on look at what it's like. You can talk to employees. You can talk to your employer, your higher-up executives. You can just get experience and be around it and fill yourself with that atmosphere and see what it's like. And so you'll be able to tell if that's something that you really want to do for the rest of your life or if you would hate that and you don't want to do that at all. Whereas if you're in a classroom taking gen ed classes, maybe you take one class that specializes in whatever field you might be interested in, you still may not know if that's really something you want to do or not. You could even work two part-time jobs in two different fields so you can get some more experience and learn faster on what you do and don't like. So with all this, you are actually making money while you're working because you have a job. Oftentimes, even if you go the route of an internship, they are often paid internships. And so that's an option too. Or maybe you do a part-time job and an unpaid internship. But there's lots of different options. But no matter where you go, more than likely, you're going to be making money in this time period of discovering what you want to do with your life instead of being in college and spending money and not gaining any experience and not learning hands-on what you do and don't like. So that's another thing to consider. So with all this, those are many reasons why some people may choose not to go the college route, whereas some people think that it is worth it. Now, in general, one of the biggest arguments that has a lot of legitimacy is the signaling argument. So the idea is that if you have a college degree, then that signals to any future employer that you are dedicated to following through with a project or a job. You have decided to go to school, you showed up for classes every day, you did the work required of you, and you are at least going to know the basics of what's considered a higher education. And so that signals to these employers that you, at least to some degree, are hireable, and that is something that may be worth spending a good bit of money on. That will put you in front of many other people because if an employer looks at two people that are roughly equal, one has a college degree and one does not, they're probably going to go with the person with a college degree. However, my argument and counter to this would be that if you have four years of work experience, having an actual job that you're holding down where you're showing up to work every day, you have projects you've been working on, you have references for all this, then that probably signals a lot of those exact same things. So that could be a counter, as well as the fact that if you go into some of these other options that I'm about to get into, then you are going to have more to signal your 
actual relevancy to your employer than just having a resume with work experience. You're actually going to have projects you can show them. You are going to be able to show them proof and evidence that you have the skills they are looking for. And you would have likely built up some really good connections and done a lot of networking through this learning experience outside of college. And so that can give you a leg up as well. So there are ways of achieving this signaling goal without actually having a degree as your signal. So that's another thing that may push you towards getting a degree and may push you against it in choosing one of these other options. So let's go ahead and just move into these other options. And I'll start off with options that I may not personally be as big on, but they can be good options definitely to consider. And those would be more government jobs. So there are many government jobs that are available to people directly out of high school at a young age that can really set you up for having a successful career and having an experience where you are really getting educated and gaining skills and knowledge in a field that you want to get into. So some examples here, you've got the military, and the military doesn't just mean that you are going to learn how to be a soldier. There are many jobs that need to be done within the military other than being ground troops. So you have medics, you have engineers, you have officers, you've got many positions that you can get into and that you can get educated on. Also, when you're in the military, oftentimes you have access to different educational opportunities where they will put you through classes. You can basically get a college degree while you're in the military with them paying for it. You can get different certifications. The military will train you on many different things that you may be interested in. If you want to fill a certain position in the military, they will probably give you all the training you need and pay for it completely in order to be qualified for that position. So you can gain a lot by doing this. The pay may not necessarily be outstanding in and of itself, but the fact that they pay for pretty much absolutely everything means that any pay you receive is pretty much just bonus spending money or saving money. So that's a pretty good option there. Another related option would be the Peace Corps. So if you have some maybe some hesitancies in working for the military, and maybe you don't support that kind of thing, maybe the Peace Corps would be a better option for you, where you are doing more civil projects and you're working around the world doing different things, but um, from a slightly similar angle as the military as far as what that structure looks like. Related to this would be the Conservation Corps and what happens here is that generally you're given a living allowance, so they will pay for most of your things. You're going to be getting an education and getting experience in whatever it is that you're doing for them. They also have mentoring programs and training and different things like this. So you can join the Conservation Corps directly out of high school. You're going to be working on a lot of local projects, more civics projects, that kind of stuff with a local community, maybe doing things related related to helping out people in need in a given society or something outside related to conservation. There's lots of different things that they do, but that's a, another fairly similar group there. Another option that would be a little more local and a different field would be the police. 
So many places have the requirement that you have a GED and that you're a certain age in order to enter the police academy. And so you don't necessarily need a college degree. Now, there are some places that do require that for some positions, but in general, usually you can join the police academy right out of high school. And if that's a career that you want to pursue, that's something you can do without a college degree where you get training, you get a quality job with a lot of benefits. And so that's an option. Again, I'm not as big on any of these because as you know, by listening to this podcast, I'm not as big on the government in general and anything related to it. So that's just my opinion. But these are still some solid options if you're looking for a good career and a good choice other than going to college. Now, the other more stereotypical option would be to get into the trades, and this would generally be considered construction. So think electrician or plumber or HVAC or carpenter. There are many different trades out there that there is a high demand for, and they actually pay very well. So most of these go through an apprenticeship model And you can do this through a union or you can do this through a specific company or there are many different ways of going through that. Also, there are lots of certifications that can be required. So if you want to be a licensed electrician, you have to go through a certification program to get your license. Same with being a plumber or an HVAC technician or lots of these other trades you often have to do a test and get certified in order to perform these different things legally. And so that's usually the way that it goes. Oftentimes, you will join up with a company or a group. You will work for a while more as an apprentice, either formally or not really formally. Sometimes you're just labeled as a helper. And after you have so many years, then you might be able to get a job higher up. Or maybe you'll be a helper when you go in. Then once you get your, let's say, electrician's license, then you can fill a role of an actual electrician within the company. And there may not be a specific set time that you have to give in order to reach that higher level. Maybe it's just however long it takes you to get your electrician's license. So these fields are definitely a lot more fluid and they are much more adaptable to what you want to do. They are very different depending on who you're working for, whether it's the government or a company or you're going through the union, or you're starting your own business. There are many different options here. And that's something that looks different depending on what trade you're looking at, and then also depending on what employer that you are trying to get a job with. So I mentioned starting your own business. That's another really good option, especially in the trades, because the barriers to entry are usually fairly low. And so what you can do is oftentimes you'd want to learn the trade yourself. That would usually be pretty important. So let's say we'll use the electrician example again. So let's say you want to be an electrician, have your own electrician's business. You want to be someone that goes around and wires houses and installs outlets and different things like this. And that's something you really can make some really good money at, especially if you have your own business doing it. So what you'd probably want to do is join up somewhere where you can be a helper or an apprentice. You start to learn the trade. While you're doing that, you study for your electrician's test. Then you do go ahead and get certified as an electrician. And then once you are, 
if you have the skills and you feel comfortable, then you can start your own business. Or maybe you just start doing side work that you are now licensed to do. And then you start building up a customer base. Then you go out on your own and you buy maybe a van or a work truck. Maybe you hire a helper yourself and you can go around and do these types of jobs all on your own as your own business and probably make much more money than you would have working for someone else. So this is something you can do. You can do this for a specific trade like that, or you can do it if you want to get into more of a management role as well. Maybe you want to be a contractor. Maybe you want to hire out other trades in order to do things, but overall you want to manage a project. So let's say you want to be a home builder. Well, you can actually go to college and get a degree for construction management or something similar to that. But another option would be that maybe you work in a specific trade and you learn that trade a little bit. Then maybe you go to a different trade. So maybe you start off and you work for a carpentry company and you work on framing houses and installing trim, that kind of stuff. And you learn what that field looks like. You learn how to do the basics and that kind of stuff. And maybe you only stay there for a year or so in order to get a feel for it. Then you work for a plumbing company you stay with them for about a year. Then you work for an electrician's company. You stay with them for about a year. And if you want to be honest about it, you can tell the employer ahead of time, look, I'm just going to be here for a rough, you know, maybe a year or two. And I just want to learn the trade. And then I'm probably going to be moving on. So, you know, they might not want to spend a lot of extra time and effort and money into training you, but they still probably would find it useful to have somebody that is dedicated, that will show up every day, that does want to learn the trade and help and that kind of stuff. So you can do this. You could jump around to multiple trades. Then while you're doing this, you are studying for your contractor's license because that is a requirement for being a contractor. And so when you have some basic understanding and knowledge in all the different trades that you're going to end up managing, then you get your contractor's license, which hopefully, at least after a few years, you'll be able to do that. Then you actually have the experience, you have the official accreditation, and you have the ability to start to go out on your own and start to manage projects. And you can try to place bids and get construction jobs, whether that be remodel jobs or building a house or doing something in the commercial realm. There's lots of different options here, but you can start to get those jobs and you actually have hands-on experience with all the different trades related to it. So when you hire a carpentry crew to come in and frame a house, you actually know if they're doing their jobs well or if they're screwing something up. You know what to look out for. Now, you're going to have to know some of that stuff just to pass your contractor's license. But you know more than that because you've actually worked in that field. You've built up experience. You've built up knowledge. And you have probably been able to do this in four years or less. So if we're looking at the college comparison, you are at a point where you have the ability to run construction jobs, do remodels, build houses, and you are skilled in that. You have experience in all these different trades, and you are able to do this at the same point in time that someone's graduating college with a bachelor's degree and they're getting their first job. So if that's something you want to get into, you're probably going to be in a much better off place doing it that way than going to school. 
And you also have the option of while you're working and while you're doing these things, gaining experience, you're going to be studying for your contractor's license, but maybe you also do some night classes and you learn some aspects of formal construction management or just business management classes in general or different things related to the legalities of building and doing commercial construction or whatever it is you want to get into. So you have a lot of options and you can do more of a self-education model to get into what you are interested in. And that would be related to the trades as well. So again, it's not just being in a specific trade, being a an electrician's apprentice, and then being a journeyman electrician and kind of doing things and being an official person that's going around in a van for a company, wiring houses. There's a lot more you can do. You can do your own business. You can be a contractor. Lots of options here within the trades. But pretty much all of these have just about zero requirement for formal education beyond high school. Many of them don't even need a high school education. So that is definitely an option. Now, with the modern times, there are other trades and other avenues that are similar to these construction trades, but are tech-related nowadays. So it used to be that all of the trades were related to hands-on, manual labor, construction-type jobs, But nowadays, most entry-level jobs in a lot of fields are related to tech. You have to know how to run certain software. You need to know how to code. You need to know some specific things. But again, it's not really directly related to a college degree. And so although you can go that route, it's not really a requirement. So a lot of these tech jobs are kind of a new age version of the trades. But it doesn't seem that the education model has really caught up to this fully. We still do have some vocational schools when it comes to high schools. But very rarely do those include things like cybersecurity or coding or anything like this. So... One option is if you are considering not doing the college route, you could do the boot camp route. And usually what these boot camps are, are short, intensive programs where you are learning a very specific skill, a very specific trade related to often tech. So for example, there are coding boot camps where you might go for six months and it's very intensive and you are learning how to code in specific programming languages. And then when you graduate, you get a certification and you obviously have the skills and the abilities to code in these things. And a lot of times these companies will have connections with other companies that are looking for coders. So they have some good connections for getting a job directly after doing this. And then you can get a job in your specific field that you want to get into. You have the specific skill set that that business wants, and you are in a very good position. And a lot of times you can do this in a six-month course or a very intensive three-month course Or there are definitely ones that are geared more towards people that are already in the workforce working in a maybe a tangential field or maybe a totally separate field. But you could do a 12 month long night course where you're doing night classes a few days a week, you're learning how to code that way. And then once you graduate, you get your certification and you continue on just like you would have if you would have done a shorter, more intensive course. But the point is that you are not learning everything that someone learns going to college. You're not going to take the gen ed classes. You're not going to take the humanities and the arts classes. 
You are not going to take business management classes. No, you are going to learn how to code. And that's specifically what you're going to do. And then when you get done with this program, you know how to do that. You know how to do that well. Whoever is looking at hiring you is confident that you have that skill set and you are in a very good position to get a usually very lucrative job once you get done with this. So that's another option that is much quicker than the college route. It's usually much cheaper and can often lead to jobs that are equal or higher in pay than the typical job that people get with a bachelor's degree coming straight out of college. Some other programs that are a little shorter term than your standard for your college would be things that you get certifications for and are usually a two-year program, maybe a community college or something like that. And these would be things like cosmetology or a dental hygienist or radiology tech, a vet tech, web design. There's lots of different options here, but there are often either companies or colleges that offer a shorter term program where you go through a program, usually it's two years, and then you end up with a certification of some kind and you can go directly into that field. And again, it's the same idea of a boot camp where you are learning things specifically related to the field you are getting into. And so when you are looking for a job, you have those skills that your employer is looking for. And so you're not wasting your time on taking all these classes that are not related to what you want to do. Instead, you are focused only on your field. You are learning exactly what your employer wants you to know, your future potential employer. And then when you graduate, you are much more likely to get a good job in your field. Your employer's confident in you. You're already certified to do it. And that can put you in a really good position as well. Similarly to this would be a technical college. And so usually with those, you also don't have the same gen ed requirements. You're usually doing only career specific classes. So it's very highly specialized in a specific field. There is a very high demand for precision skills and trades, and you can get educated specifically in those so that, again, you have what employers are looking for in a specific field. I'd like to move on now to some more original and interesting options and programs that I've come across that I wanted to present to you guys. And so the examples I'm going to use are Tektronic, WriteSkill, Uncollege and Praxis. And so the idea with most of these is that generally you have an initial time period that is very intensive on learning a specific set of skills. Then you partner with a business for projects or an internship or something of that sort afterwards, and you get hands-on experience, and then you graduate from the program and often get a job either with that company you worked with or another one that the program has a relationship with, or you just have the skills that you can go wherever you want and you are very employable. So typically with these, it seems that the employment rates after graduating from one of these programs is around 90% or above, depending on which one you're looking at. And the average salary roughly that I was finding was around $50,000 a year for people that go through these types of programs. And there are often many different payment models for these. These are a lot more fluid as well. You have per month payment models you have per program or per year, however long the program is, it's just one cost. You have ones that do income sharing. There's lots of different models here. So 
it can be much more affordable. It's definitely much more geared towards learning real hands-on experience that can build skill sets that employers are really looking for. And it's a really good alternative to going to a college. So I'll talk about some of these specifically. We'll start with Tectonic. Now, Tectonic specifically works in the tech field. They do a lot of things related to software development and coding and that kind of stuff. And the way their program is structured is that it is a one-year program that is split into two sections. And overall, they do basically paid apprenticeships. So when you are a part of this program, you are an apprentice and you are getting paid. It is not really a very large salary, but you are getting paid while you're there instead of having to pay for a college and going into debt, which is nice. They spend 14 weeks in classroom training. So you are doing more intensive training, very specific to what it is you're going into related to, again, usually things like coding, software development, that kind of stuff. And then once you get done with your classroom training, then you'll do 38 weeks of hands-on training as a member of a development team. And with this, you are partnering with actual businesses, real businesses with real projects that they want done. And you are doing work with them and for them. You have a mentor that is working with you for this entire year-long program. And you basically have gained the skills that you need in the original classroom time, then you build on those skills and learn the more practical aspects of those and how to implement those, how to work in a team, how to work in a project-driven environment. And you'd get this with the hands-on experience of working for the development teams. And all the while, you are building a relationship with the business that you are doing the project for. And you have very good chance of getting hired on with one of these business affiliates or someone similar. So this is a pretty good option that is a more unique approach and you get done with it obviously much quicker than you do at college. It is much cheaper and you're actually making money and the employment rates are very high. And so it is a very good option. It's kind of similar to the boot camp model, but it's the next level boot camp where you are not only doing the boot camp aspect of learning that specific, maybe coding language or something very well and some intensive training, but you are also getting the hands on work. You're also working with actual businesses. And so they have added on that dynamic, which really sets you up to have the skill sets that employers are looking for. And that is the main theme of all of these different options, because that is something that most colleges are not quite as oriented towards. The next program I'll highlight is WriteSkill. And what WriteSkill is, is a collaboration between CareerBuilder and Capella Education Company. And it's a way to gain the skills you need and get a job. That's really how it's oriented. And what they do is they leverage the knowledge of demand in the workforce by career builder. They have a lot of the data. They know what employers are looking for specifically, what employers are out there, what fields are growing, that kind of stuff. And then what they can do is set you up on this 90-day program where you are taking classes that are designed and developed by Capella, and you are learning a specific skill set 
that they know employers are looking for that is in high demand that will make you very employable and make you look very good to the employers you are trying to reach. And then you graduate from this 90-day program of these classes that are very specific, and ideally you get a job right after that. An interesting aspect of this program is that if you do not get hired within 90 days of completing it, then you get a full refund on the class as a whole. So that's something that definitely achieves the same things in a much shorter time period even, but it has a broader focus where there are many different types of classes you can take, and it has the very nice money-back guarantee at the end as well. The final program that I am going to cover here will be UnCollege. And UnCollege has some structured what they call gap programs, So the idea is that you might be wanting to take a gap year before college, or maybe you want an alternative to college, and they have designed these nine-month programs in order to basically set you up really well for starting a career. They separate these programs into three aspects. You have explore, then focus, then launch. So the idea is that in the explore phase, you spend five to 10 weeks volunteering internationally. They have connections in different countries like India and Tanzania and all around the world where you're going to go somewhere, you're going to volunteer, you're going to work with locals in different groups, you're going to experience different cultures, and that is what you're doing in the explore phase. You are basically exploring. You are being exposed to new things and new places and new people, and while you're doing this, you are gaining some skill sets when you are doing project-based work, and a lot of it is team-building work and you are learning how to communicate well with others, work well with others, work on a project type setting, that kind of stuff. And that's the explore phase. Then you go into the focus stage. And this is generally a 10-week period of much more focused learning. They are located currently in the San Francisco area, and they do workshops and skill learning. You build a portfolio. You do a lot of networking. You are doing some very highly specialized, very focused work where you are learning a specific skill set and some technical aspects. You are building a portfolio that you'll be able to show to future employers. You are learning specific skills that they are teaching you that they know are in high demand, especially in the more entrepreneurial type business settings. And you are also networking and building relationships. So that is the focus stage. Then they have the launch stage. And what that is, is a 12-week period where you are applying these skills that you have learned and this focused learning through projects or an internship or a class. And so you have explored different aspects. You have learned more about yourself and more about the world, gained some experience in those types of settings. Then you come in and do the very focused work. You build a portfolio, you network, you learn some specific skills that you're going to need and that are very useful. Then you apply these things by actually working on hands-on projects or doing an internship with a specific company that is linked to uncovered college or something of that nature. And so once you have finished this whole program and this whole course, it is a roughly year-long program and you come out
out of that ready to jump in to an actual job and an actual career or start your own business, whatever it is that you're looking at getting into. Obviously, you still could go to college after that if you so desired. Maybe you take this as a gap year to figure out what you really want to do and build these skill sets that are actionable in the workforce. And so... Once you finish the program, you might know specifically what type of degree you want to go get and go get it. That is an option. So instead of wasting a gap year partying or traveling around the world and not actually building these skills that you want to build, you are instead building many skills that are very important. You're gaining experience, you're deciding what you want to do, and you're doing that through actual hands-on work and specialized training, and it puts you in a much better position to figure out what you want to do after that. That gap year. So as we wrap up with the final segment I wanted to go over, I want to basically combine a lot of these aspects and ideas and programs and talk about a more custom approach. So similar to the homeschooling methods where we talked about the different types of formal methods and curriculums. And then there is the custom approach that a lot of people do where they combine different aspects or maybe switch them for different age ranges, whatever. The same is true for these college alternatives. So you also have the opportunity to just go do whatever it is you want to do. You can just go get a job, and in doing so, you can gain skills, you can move up within that company, you can build experience from the formal learning of actually working in that environment versus the theoretical learning of sitting in a classroom, and you can do these things, number one, in order to put yourself in a position where after four years, you have four years experience and you have built up your skills and you're actually making money. But number two, ideally, you pair this with some of the other strategies that I have mentioned in these other options as well. So the idea would be that you do some self-training. Now, you could do this by doing a full-time job and then also learning and teaching yourself in addition to that. Maybe do a part-time job. That would make a little more sense that you do part-time work and then the other half of your time is spent towards educating yourself and building up your experience levels. You could participate in the gig economy where you are just doing side gigs and you're doing things here and there and you're getting paid per job. So you're still building experience, but a much more flexible work schedule schedule. You could do this in a gap year. Maybe you graduate from high school, you want to take a year off, or maybe you are already in the workforce and you want to switch careers, and maybe you have the ability to take a year off. Maybe your spouse can cover you guys for a year, you have savings built up, and you can just take a year off to do these kinds of things. But the point is that you're not just going to get a job, work there, and try to move up, period. You're trying to educate yourself. You're trying to market yourself to your employer. You're trying to build the skills that are needed for whatever your future goal is. And you can do this yourself. You don't necessarily need to go through any of these programs or go through any of these formal schools. You can do all this yourself. So the idea would be that at first, to begin with, you need to set your goals and then you need to make a plan. So you need to know what your goal is. What is your future job you want to do or what field do you want to get into? What are you trying to get? And with that, what do you need in order to get there? So what specific skills do you want to learn? And what specific things do you want to be trained in? What certifications maybe do you specifically need in order to get to the place you want to get to? 
And then once you have these, you can make a plan. You can actually say that, hey, I need to learn this. Then I need to get this certification. I need to have experience in this field. And you can build out a plan for achieving your goals. And your goals may not necessarily be to move up in a career or to get a specific job. It may be related to work, but it could even be related to a hobby. It could be related to kids or parenting or to your house. There are lots of different types of things that could apply here because this specific strategy is not something that's only designed for people that are looking for getting into the workplace after high school. This is something that is for all of us. We should all be continuing our education. We should always be learning new things. We should be educating ourselves in many different ways. This is something we should all do. We should all have set goals. We should all have things that we are trying to learn specifically, and we should all have a plan for doing that, and we should be doing this our entire lives. So this applies for all of us. Again, I mentioned hobbies. Maybe you are really into woodworking, and that's something that you really enjoy, and you do that on the side here and there. Well, if that's something you really want to do, then set an actual goal for yourself. Maybe right now you have just whittled a few figurines and they're pretty basic, but maybe you want to be able to build a chair or a couch or something a little more practical, but also a little bigger of a project, that kind of stuff. And so maybe you set that as your goal. Well, in order to do that, you need to learn some more carpentry skills that maybe you don't have. You might need to get some specific tools that you don't have. You might have to learn how to do upholstering if you want to do that as well. And there are different things you need to know. And you'll need to educate yourself on these things. You will also need to get the materials that you need for that. And you'll need to actually work towards that goal. Because if all you're doing is is just whittling a little figurine every weekend, you're never going to reach that goal and you're never going to do that. You're never going to progress. And so even in just a little hobby, it's important to continue your education and continue progressing. And the same is true with kids. Maybe you want to educate yourself on different parenting methods or how to handle discipline issues, or maybe you are very focused on health. And so you want to know what the best nutrition plan is for you and your family. You want to know what chemicals are bad for you and what foods have them in them. You want to know about preparing food and specific nutrients and vitamins and what foods have those different things in them. You know, whatever it is, there's a lot to learn when it comes to health and food. And maybe that's something you're really into. And you should, again, set goals. You should have specific things you want to know. You should make a plan and you can do that. So the idea here is that no matter what your goal is and what you're trying to do, whether it be to launch a career or get into a totally new field and launch a brand new career or further your personal interests, whatever it is you want to do, there is a way of doing that yourself without having to go through any more formal program. You can have access to things like books or videos like YouTube tutorials or different educational materials that you have access to. Oftentimes, your local library is a very good resource, and usually it's very cheap, if not free, to be a member. And with that, you get access to certain online programs. You get access to, obviously, books. Oftentimes, you have access to things like audiobooks as well, maybe the great courses, classes. There's lots of different resources there that you can get through a library. And these are things that you can use to start building on your knowledge of whatever it is you're trying to to learn. 
let's say you are very interested in cybersecurity. And so whether you are a high school student that's graduating and you're trying to get into that field and you don't really know how, but you want to do it yourself, or maybe you are 40 years old and you feel your job is a dead-end job and you want to switch into something you're really interested in, and that's cybersecurity. Whatever the position is that you're in, let's say that you are really into cybersecurity, you've been into tech, you have a general knowledge in a lot of different aspects of working with a computer and doing computer programs, that kind of stuff. But you don't really know a whole lot about cybersecurity. And with zero experience, it would be very hard to get a job just initially in that field. So what you might want to do is get some books on cybersecurity and different tech-related material. Maybe you want to learn about computer architecture and some of the hardware. You'll want to learn more about the software as well. You'll want to learn about attacks that have actually happened and certain hacks and how people have done that and what the process was and figuring out who it was and how they did it and reversing the damage or preventing the damage. All of these things are things you need to know. And you can learn a lot of this type of stuff, at least on a cursory level, from just reading books or listening to books or gaining access to this type of material. Podcasts are a very good source here where you can listen to interviews from experts in the field. You can listen to news, cybersecurity news about different hacks that are going on and the most recent things that are happening and advancements in the field, all this kind of stuff. You can keep yourself up to date and you can start to learn this way. While you're doing these things, you need to be networking as well. So maybe you join an online community that is related to cybersecurity and you build up some contacts through that. Or maybe you start going to a local meetup or a local group that does hackathons or something related to the cybersecurity field, if that's what you're into. But however you do it, you are building a network and you are building relationships. So you're getting that networking option as well. So you are gaining the initial education that you need and the broad education. You are gaining some connections and networking. And as you do this, you can work your way towards actually getting some certifications. Now, for cybersecurity, there are many different certifications for many different fields. They're usually fairly expensive, but they are very important. I have a brother-in-law that's in cybersecurity, and he went to college and got a four-year degree, but he has said that pretty much the majority of everything he has learned and the skills that he has and the knowledge that he has that he uses all came from after graduating college and getting some actual real-world experience, going out and getting certifications. He said that is something that is very important in the field that employers really want. And if you have certain certifications, that really opens you up to getting better jobs, higher paying jobs, and can open up jobs in general in the field just by having specific certifications. So with this cybersecurity example, let's say that you are trying to get certified in multiple different settings and programs. And so what you might want to do is while you're building your general education, while you're networking, you are also studying for one certification at a time. You set yourself up for maybe one of the more easy certifications in cybersecurity, and you get that accomplished. You're studying for that specifically while you're learning in general, and then you get that certification. Then you move on to 
one a little harder, then a little harder, and you're building up these certifications as time goes on. Another aspect that would be fairly important, no matter what your interest is in and what your goals are and what you're trying to learn, would be that you participate in projects. You're actually doing something. You are using what you are learning, and through this, you are learning more and you are building a portfolio, and you are building skill sets that are very specific. And so there are many different benefits to doing some hands-on projects here. So the idea would be that maybe you create a blog and you are putting in blog entries once a day or once a week. Maybe you build a website and you gain experience for how to build a website. Maybe you manually do some of that. And so you get some of those coding skills and put those to use. I already mentioned listening to podcasts, but maybe you start a podcast. Maybe you record your journey of going through this experience and learning all these different things. You talk about it, and then others who are interested in doing a very similar thing and are interested in that field, maybe they can listen to it and learn from it. So you are actively doing this. But as you are doing this podcast, you are having to do more research. You're having to make sure you really know what you're talking about. And you are learning some different skills with presentation, with speech, with some of the tech-related stuff where you edit the podcast and different things like this. So again, you're using and building these skill sets that you need. In addition to that, you could get on GitHub, which if you're not familiar with the platform, it is a platform online that open source projects are worked on. So basically, you have all these different open source software type projects that anyone can help with and add to and work on. So what you could do is pick a project that you're really interested in. Maybe you're really interested in cryptocurrencies. I have used PIVX as an example that I did a case study on. You could go find the PIVX GitHub page and look at what they are working on, what specific things they are wanting, and maybe you can go ahead and write some code to help out. Or maybe you can edit or proofread someone else's work or test something out where you download a certain program and you run out maybe a test digital wallet and see if there are any bugs and you work on that. But the point is that you are actually working on a project. It's a real world project. You are contributing to it. You are doing something that actually matters and that people are using. And so again, you are building those skills and you are building a portfolio here. Another option if you're into cybersecurity is maybe you work on bug bounties where some people are willing to pay if you can find a bug in their software. And so maybe you search around for those and you participate in those and maybe you hit one every once in a while. But even if you don't, you are learning how to search for bugs. You are learning how to take advantage of bugs and how other people might find them in software and take advantage of them, which is a very important skill set if you are getting into cybersecurity. So with all this, you are really educating yourself, you're getting certified, you're building a network and connections, you're working on hands-on projects, you're building a portfolio that you can show somebody to prove, hey, this is what I can do. Here is my website. Here are my GitHub entries. Here is a specific project I coded. I made this software for this certain application. 
And here is a podcast that I have created and produced and edited that talks about my journey here. And for an employer, that really does signal that you do know what you're doing. You have been very dedicated to it. You're willing to put time and work into it and effort into it. And if you show them all these certifications that you have, that is proof and evidence that you know how to do the things that he wants you to be able to do. And so that can set you up to get some really good jobs to really launch you into that field that you want to get into, cybersecurity, and you have done that completely on your own without doing anyone else's programs, without going to college, without going to any other school. You can do that on your own. And again, this applies to any field or any career or anything you want to do. Let's say you do want to take a gap year. Let's say you're graduating high school. You don't want to go directly into college. You don't know exactly what you want to do. Well, maybe you could go abroad and volunteer. You could work for a volunteer organization and do some volunteer work. Usually they'll pay for your housing. They'll pay for your food. And you can build skills. You can gain experience. You can travel the world. Maybe you go somewhere and teach English classes in South America or in China. I have a cousin that did both of these. And you can go. You can do a maybe a year-long contract. Teaching English is something that shouldn't be too hard for you to figure out if that's something that you're at least even slightly able to do. And you could travel and gain experience and expose yourself to other cultures and meet new people in different places and be making money and be building skill sets. You can do all these things all while taking part in a gap year. Maybe you do a gap year and actually do all these things I just talked about related to cybersecurity, but you do them related to your different interests. Maybe they're career related, maybe they're not. But you actually work on projects yourself. You do some of your own things that you're interested in. Maybe you volunteer locally. Maybe you get a local internship. Whatever the case may be, you can apply all these same things. You could do the same if you want to change careers. So let's say you have a decent job, but you want to get into a totally different field. Maybe you work in a factory and your field is something that is on the decline and automation is starting to take over and encroach on the types of jobs you want to be in. And so you have maybe another field that you really want to get into, but it's something totally different. Well, on the side, while you are still working, you can participate in all these other things. You can start reading. You can start listening to audiobooks and podcasts. You can start doing some projects on your own related to this other field you're looking at. You can start joining other people in other groups locally, building connections, networking. You can do all these things and set yourself up to where you will be able to at least get a decent job in the field you're looking at, get your foot in the door, and get started on a totally new career in a totally new field. And you can do this without having to go back to school and take night classes every night and really kill yourself. You're probably going to be a lot more interested in learning the information if you are doing it in a way that you enjoy and that is maybe a challenge, but an enjoyable challenge. So the point overall is just that you don't have to have somebody else teach you things. You don't have to have a certain program to follow. You can build these things on your own. And more than likely, you're probably going to learn a lot more that way. You're going to be a lot more interested in it. And you have a lot more flexibility and a lot more options if you go that route. So that does wrap up all the different options I wanted to talk about as far as college alternatives are concerned. And hopefully that does give you a feel for why some people may choose not to go to college and what some of the other alternatives are. 
why those might be good options and what some of those benefits are. And hopefully that can steer you in the right direction and maybe steer you towards looking into some of this yourself. If you are not someone who is looking into education and schooling formally, you are older, you have a career, none of that really matters to you, well, hopefully you can at least take out this self-education aspect and start applying that yourself, even if it's just to one of your hobbies or something else you're interested in. Go ahead and get involved. Join a local community and make some connections, have some sort of outlet for your interests, do some projects in that certain field, something that you can challenge yourself with and progress and gain skills, and just continue to educate yourself and learn more about these things so that you can grow as a person. So that is my encouragement to you, and that does wrap up this episode. I will do an update episode next week where I talk about the final two episodes of this series on education with the themes episode and the case study episode. And with that, I'll talk about wrapping up season one and moving on to season two. I will now ask that if you have not done so, please do leave a rating and a review for this podcast. I greatly appreciate those of you who have done that and those of you who will do that in the future. I want to thank those of you who have shared this podcast on social media of different types and who have talked to other people about it and gotten more people to listen. I really do appreciate that as well. And a shout out here for our patron for this podcast who has been with this podcast all year long and has supported this show the whole time. Thank you very much, patron. And don't forget to check the show notes for my email address and my Twitter handle and the website and all these different resources for anything else you want to know about me or the podcast or if you want to get in contact. So please do so. Please check all those out. Thank you very much for listening. I'm out. Peace. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.